Amen. Thank you. Blessed with good music. Well, this morning, I share a Christmas message from a very familiar passage this time of year. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. As we are going to look at the ones the angels appeared to as they received a special blessing. Luke 2, 8-20. I ask when you find that to stand in God's honor. So I read aloud. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. We have the greatest news of all. You know, I really shook up. In Sunday school, we were reminded again about the terrible tragedy in Connecticut. About those families now. I shut down if I think about it too much, to be honest with you. The pain just seems too great. And yet I think of the fact that we have a God who knows what that pain feels like. Because you have to tie Christmas and Easter together. His arrival, His birth, it was tied to His death. We have a God who loves us so much that He felt that pain. And as we pray, ask God to bless this message. I want to stop and pray for those families that are hurting. Let's pray. Lord, I don't know any names of the parents in Connecticut, but You do. Father, I pray that You wrap Your arms of grace around them and that You squeeze them and that You, Father, show Your love to them, Father. I pray, Father, that this season would come alive in the midst of great pain. Father, just love them, love that community. Thank You for our families, Lord. You have blessed us more than we can communicate. And Father, this time of year we're reminded of the depth of that, that You left the majesty of heaven, that Your Son came in this weak, frail form of humanity and walked among us, Lord. And it was all for a vital purpose to bring us into 
a right relationship with you and there was only one way that could happen to feel the deep pain of loss that you felt and father we just worship you this morning and father we ask that you remind us of your great love as we continue on in this message lord may our hearts be reminded of the joy that is present regardless of the circumstances we might be immersed in lord we love you and we seek you in your name we pray. Amen. You know, this is a time of year where we really get caught up in gifts. You know, you have that day after Thanksgiving where people go nuts and rush into stores and they get stampeded and they look for the best deals and, and try to find those super bargains. And, you know, I, I guess the past couple of years, every, you know, all this stuff that has I in front of it, you know, iPads and iPhones and iPods and, and you know, in past years there's been all kinds of crazed gifts people went after. I remember a number of years ago it was Beanie Babies. I don't remember a lot about Beanie Babies other than you couldn't find them anywhere. It seemed like everybody wanted them. And, you know, you go way back when I was a kid. Yeah, that did happen, guys. And, you know, I guess my favorite thing I was thinking of, man, I, I can remember desperately wanting some Rock'em Sock'em Robots, man. That was the thing, you know, back when I was a kid. Get those rock'em, sock'em robots. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting. This morning, as we look at the greatest gift of all that was sent from heaven to a stable, to a manger, there was no super promotion of the arrival of this gift. There was no direct marketing where you target, you know, those who needed to be there to experience the gift. There was a single invitation, a single announcement that was sent out. And it was, surprisingly enough, sent out to a group of people that no one noticed. In many ways, they were considered outcasts. They were considered those on the outside looking in. Not the prominent people, not the celebrities of the day, not the people of power. But they were a group of smelly sheep herders who were recluses. <laughs> who, who were not in the crowds, but just a herd of sheep. But yet they were the ones God sent the special announcement to. <laughs> that The special announcement that we're going to look at this morning. And, and I'll just make several comments uh, about this group of people. First, uh, the shepherds were religious outcasts. You see, in verse 8 here, we read, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. You see, they had a kind of job that wasn't 40 hours a week. They had a job that was your life. They had to always watch the sheep. <laughs> they didn't leave the sheep. They had a job of feeding the sheep, a job of protecting the sheep, a job of always being with the sheep. And because of that, they were not able to go to the temple gatherings. Uh, modern terms, uh, they were not always attending church. They were not where we are today in a group gathering to worship the holy God. They missed the festivities. They missed the celebrations. They missed the required feasts. And, and not only that, their job required them often to come across uh, 
animals that, that were dead and, and that were considered unclean. And so they hung out in what was considered to be unholy places. They weren't the people you thought of that, man, spiritually had it together. So they were considered religious outcasts. I guess today you think of people who have to work on Sunday. Because of their job, they're required to work, and so they're not able to be with us in a gathering. And so people think, well, they, they just don't care about God. That's why they're not here. They, they, you know, they, they don't love God or they would be here. But they can't be here. And so they're, they're kind of looked at as being different that way. But not only were they religious outcasts, they were also social outcasts. They had a type of job where they often moved to different places. They didn't stay in one place all their lives. And so a lot of times they would make relationships with people and it would be time to leave. And because of that, they tended to have a reputation kind of like gypsies or carnival workers, people who are always on the move. So if something was missing, they'd say, well, you know, it might be those shepherds. They might have stolen it. You know, you can't really trust them. As a matter of fact, the testimony of a shepherd was not allowed in court of law because their word was considered to be suspect. Can you really trust those people? Can you, can you really trust what they have to say? So, they were a people who were always with sheep, day in and day out, but not always with people. Very seldom. Uh, it's no wonder, as you think about David, who was this great musician, well, he had plenty of time to work on his music. He had plenty of time to reflect. Because he had one-way conversations, you know. He'd be talking to sheep. All he got back was some bleeding. And and so time to, to, to work on that, but, but not to be able... To, so they were considered kind of odd because they didn't spend a lot of time with people. So often they were socially awkward. But they had this special relationship with the sheep. This is from John chapter 10, verses 2 through 4. It says, The man who enters the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. You see, he, he led the sheep by day to a place to get food, a place to get water and drink, and by night he often missed sleep because he was protecting them. He always had the best interest of the sheep at heart. It, it was not a job. It was a life. It was a life. And often they were misunderstood as a result of that. Now, think about it. Biggest announcement. King of kings, Lord of lords, Messiah. They, they've been hoping for generations to see Messiah. To be a part of His entrance. To be a part of His coming. Who do you think God would send the message to? You know, I think about that recent wedding of Prince William and Kate Middleton and, and, and you know, all of the media. And, and man, it was everywhere that you turned and you saw about this upcoming wedding and and, and, you know, I don't think the message went out only to the cabbies in London. 
probably there were some specific messages that went out with gold lettering to leaders of state, to celebrities, to important, prominent names. And, and not everyone could go, but only those people who were considered to be prominent, considered to be special, who were picked out upon a specific guest list. But not here. Here we have some people, not that were prominent, people who were not wanted, people who were considered outcasts, people who were considered, in many ways, not to have it together. And yet, those were the ones who received the announcement. And so why? why? The question is, why? Why did God choose to do that? It just sounds strange. Well, a couple of thoughts. Could it be because spiritually they had this really deep walk with God? Well, Scripture doesn't go into that. It doesn't tell me they, they do. But I guess on the other hand, they did obey when the angel of the Lord gave instructions. They did follow but, but I don't think that was the specific reason why this announcement went out to shepherds and to shepherds alone. Did they expect it? Hmm. No way. I imagine most of them had some real self-esteem issues. I mean, after all, if you got people saying, look at him, he's looking at me because I'm never at church. Or you got people saying, you know, he, you can't trust his word. He's a liar. He's a thief. Man, they probably had some <laughs> had some issues. And when you have issues with people, you often have issues with God. And you say, how could God love me? So I, 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 don't, think, I don't think that was the issue. Um, that they were somehow above others. By the same token, others say, well, you know, the Scripture refers to God as a shepherd. And there are many mentions of Jesus as a shepherd. In John 10, he's called the Good Shepherd. In Hebrews 13, he's referred to as the Great Shepherd. In 1 Peter 2.25, he is the shepherd and overseer of your souls. He is described as the Chief Shepherd. And in the book of Revelation, he's called the Lamb at the center of the throne who will be their shepherd. I love that. He's my shepherd. He's your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He... he he is the shepherd of shepherds. But I don't think that ultimately, even in regard to that analogy, I think the message that he's trying to get across here is that no one is beyond the love of God. That God loves everyone. That it's, it's not a matter of what you look like. It's not a matter of who likes you. It's a matter of fact that He loves you, that He made you, and that He is always for you. He is the God of God who cares about you. And, and I think that's the ultimate message that, that is being sent here. It, it's not about how you're viewed. It's about how you're loved. A couple of messages here that, that remind me of God's love to the humble. Second uh, Samuel 2, 22-28. You save the humble, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them low. Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. This is what the Lord says. This is the one I esteem, who he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due times. In other words, I believe God was trying to make a point that the glory goes to me. And the grace goes to you. Look at the great message in Luke 2 that was given to the shepherds. 
Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. His grace, it, it rests. It, it, it moves out. And, and that's what this birth is about. Understanding God's grace and, and, and love that, that has come. The, the promise has arrived. And, 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 and we want you to see it. And, and it's, it's not about you getting the glory. It's about me getting the glory. You know, beautiful part here. And it says the angels left them. And, and then they got ready to be obedient to head out. You see, God always takes those that go unnoticed and notices them. That's His work. Listen, this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 26-31. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not <laughs> to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before Him. It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Maybe you can relate to the shepherds. Maybe you're at a point where you think, you know, nobody notices me. And I, and I don't really feel appreciated. Hurting. People don't really know how I'm hurting. People don't know what I'm going through. And maybe you even feel like God doesn't notice you. Maybe it's like, well, you know, I'm not in the church every time the doors are open. So maybe I disappoint God. Or I know I'm supposed to read my Bible every day. Are you kidding me? I'm lucky to get it once a month. Or to pray. I know I need to pray, but something happens and the day's over and, and I, I just don't pray. And it's easy to think, God is disappointed in me. God has forgotten me. God doesn't care about me. But the emphasis is not on me, it's on His grace. It's on His message. And, and He says to these shepherds, Guys, you guys who are forgotten, I want you to come. I want you to see my love poured out. It's come in this small child who is the Messiah. I want you, the lowliest of the low, to see the highest of the high and to know that my grace will be upon you. Guys, that's, that's, that's what it's about. It, it, it's about the fact He wants people to not see that we all are recipients of that grace. Nobody is beyond it. It is for all. It's for you. It's for me. It's for everyone. You think about it. What a blessing they got. They were the first to hear the good news. They were the first to see the good news. Wrapped up in swaddling cloths. And they were the first to tell the good news. The guys that were forgotten became the ones to announce it. What a, what a blessing. What a blessing. As a result of that, uh, it reminds us this time of year, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Everlasting life. And I love, this is from... John 6.37, it says, Whoever comes to me, I will never 
drive away. What a beautiful thought. The God who reaches out to save us is able to hold us, to carry us. His grace is able to envelop us and take us where we could never go by ourselves. That is our God. Maybe you have another problem. Maybe your world is so wrapped up in you and you're one of those capable people that is able to accomplish everything. Maybe you're just kick against God saying, All right, I'll go to church this morning. i got to get that out of the way so I can get on to what matters. God is what matters. You, you, you know, sometimes we have to put flat, be put flat on our backs before we look up. But sooner or later we'll look up. <laughs> and I love that saying that says, all ground is level at the foot of the cross. So whether we view ourselves as important or view ourselves as forgotten, <laughs> our God reigns. Our God has come. Our, our God's still calling out that message. Um, look there in verse... 17, it says, When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. In this time of giving gifts, there is a type of giving that we shouldn't forget, and that is telling other people about a gift that goes beyond what's unwrapped from a package. It's the gift of eternal life. And it's the gift of the living one who wants to dwell inside. God said, and, and, and they told that. The, the ones that, that, you know, seemed to be the outcasts were the ones who were blessed and able to carry that message. And he, if he can use those smelly uh, shepherds, he can use me and he can use you. That's a hope. That's a message to go forward. And, you know, with that considered, look at the end here. The last verse there in verse 20. He says, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I know it's easy in the midst of the Christmas season to run from this event to that event, to worry about getting a gift for this person and that person, for meeting all the demands of the season. But my call to you this morning is to remember the real gift. And to stop and think about when Jesus touched your life. Many of you that I see out here, at some point you have already encountered Jesus Christ. He has, He's already met you and it impacted your life. And, and, and I have to believe that... that you know, that's why many of you are here. Because Jesus touched you. Jesus impacted you. The, the, the babe became your life. And, and we need to remember that in this time of year. That, and, 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 and may that bring us joy. You know, as I often like to say, we don't want to look like we're baptized in pickle juice. You know, that a joy that comes because we remember who we are and whose we are. And, and to, carry that, to carry that message out to consider that message and, and to let that message flow from our lives. That's Christmas. That, that is so critical and, and people need to see that. <laughs> this world needs to see that. And so the call is, maybe there's one here who, well, 
Jesus has been trying to get a hold of your, your attention. And maybe He has been lately. Maybe this morning He's saying to you, <laughs> I have your attention. Obey me. That's part of the reason we have a time of response or invitation, we call it. Is when God deals with our heart, we want to be able to publicly say to God's people, this is what God's doing in my life. And I want to share it with you. I want you to see it because in that way, it's able to become part of community and, and not just something that can go away because other people know I mean business. It cements it. So if it's to come to an altar to pray or if it's to come forward with a decision, will you come? Let's pray. Lord, uh, we've taken some time, Father, this morning to be reminded about the message above all messages that you came in the most humble manner. You made yourself vulnerable. It was all about love. And you sent this announcement out to people no one really noticed. Thank you, Father, that's the way you operate. Your love is so big and so vast that it moves where we never expect it to move. That's you. And and I, I think about that this morning. Your love is moving. And that it's being heard, Father, your message. And, Father, one needs to come. I pray they come, Lord. Maybe to the altar to pray. Maybe to share a commitment that you're submitting in their lives, Lord. To follow you. To come into your kingdom. Or to, to follow you through baptism. And say, I want to identify with Jesus Christ as my Lord, as my Savior. Father, we just want you to be blessed. And so, Father, we pray that you continue to lead us in worship as we move on to this next part of our time together. In your name we pray. Amen.